Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
going on metalheads thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the metal forge my name is mark jackson and i am your host wow here we go we are in march already march fucking radness madness whatever you want to fucking call it um this week our guest on the metal forge is mortal man they you know from fucking uh Wilmington, North Carolina, and another North Carolinian here today, Mr. Jason Gardner of the Aohorn Heavy Metal Wasteland. Dude, what's up? Some might say North Carolina's favorite son. Uh, probably just me, though. Maybe you also. I don't know anybody who's ever said that. <laughs> it's probably never been mentioned until, until just now. Maybe fortunate son. Ooh, dude, that would be a good TW. I'm not a, I'm not a, my, my parents weren't politicians, but I'm, I'm, I'm not that <laughs> No, I mean, no, that would be a good TW cover, I think. I could see Micah screaming on there, It ain't me! It ain't me! Well, uh, going into Alehorn uh, back episodes real quick, um, there is a uh, CCR uh, tribute done by Ripple, uh, and that song was also done uh, by somebody else, so... That takes the fun out of it when it's something prominent that's already been um, released. What would you do, though? Like, What song would I have done on the CCR tribute? Yeah. Uh, Tombstone Shadow. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a very well-known song. No, it's not. Uh, Total deep. Cut. But it's actually, I used to have, I don't even know if this is still in print anymore. I haven't seen it. I can't find it on vinyl or anything. But there's a CCR Greatest Hits Volume 1. It's like every song you know. And then there's a Volume 2, which is like... Chronicle Volume song, 2, basically. yeah. It's like yeah. the other weird shit that, like... Yeah, so uh, Tombstone Shadow was a song that always, like, really stuck out to me because I thought it sounded really uh, really metal, you know, Tombstone Shadow. Like, There's a song that's on... It's one of the. It's one of those deals like the Queen situation because Queen has three greatest hits now. Right. Okay, so it's, it's kind of like them where you would think it would be on Chronicle 1, but it's not. It's on Chronicle 2, and I can't think of what song it is without looking, and I don't want to look it up. I don't want to take the time and clack away at the keyboard on the monologue here. Um, But yeah, for me, uh, I was in a band one time, and uh, we we did uh, Have You Ever Seen the Ring? And it was good, and it's not my favorite CCR song, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I would probably do something like Lodi. Yeah, Lodi's good. On that, on that compilation, it's pretty good, too. Um, that compilation's really good, man. Like, maybe it was just, like, listen to it. I played a game with it. Like, I didn't look at the uh, track listing. I just went in, like, well, I would be going blind. I guess I went in deaf because I listened to it. But, um... I think it's it, it I, serves I the same game, purpose. Like, I played a game and, like, can I guess these songs? Because I know they're going to be a lot different. And there's, like, some really awesome rendition. Like, it took me a little while to get some of them. Some of them I get right off the, right off the get-go from the riff or, like, the, the lyrics. But some of them sounded really foreign to me. I didn't even know what the hell was some of them were. So that's something. It's a testament to how much uh, everyone just kind of made, their, made the song their own, kind of. Right. Like, on uh, on Suzy Q, there's barely any drum. And that song starts with drums. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. Which is cool, too, because it's almost like the Blacklist thing, mm. but better. <laughs> yeah, I never listened to that, actually. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I, I listened to the things that they, like, kind of forced out, uh, like the uh, the Chris Stapleton, Nothing Else Matters, or whatever. Well, I thought the Blacklist is weird, because, like, there could be, like, seven covers of Enter Sandman on it. And one cover of Struggle Within. It's like, what the hell? Like, why Why is there, like, seven, three, four, five? Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, why don't you just make, why don't you just pick 12 and do it, like, the album? Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, so hey, whatever. I mean, it's not my project, obviously, but. Units. I would have just made it kind of concise. Send those uh, units. That's what it's all. It's all about the units. All about the sales. Well, it's everything, all about the greed. Like it's all about everything the big corporate fucking now. music greed, dude. You know that. Greed. Yeah, everything's made for everything's made for streaming now so the more tracks the better well yeah when you could buy a compilation like that and it's fucking 129 tracks and it's still fucking like 89 dollars and people just fucking use their fucking thumb to pay for it it's all about what can you do to earn a fucking buck yeah speaking of earning a fucking buck I told 1250 streams will earn you a buck what's that 1,250 streams are only a dollar. Uh, uh, that's uh, iffy. Yes and no. Be- the reason why I say that is because older songs get different rates and, and stuff like that. So um, it's not clear cut across the board. It's such an arbitrary number. It's, you know, newer songs do tend to get, uh, do get a, a little bit of a, a bump in a rate until they get a thing or popular songs get a bump in a rate so it's 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 weird how they fucking that one fucking un unteenth it's not like it's fucking sense difference or anything <laughs> it's fucking well, it doesn't matter now because spotify has classified my band because garbage tracks so I yeah don't we're, i mean overloads garbage tracks there's a lot of bands out there that 1000 track 1000 plays per track to get anything not per group per track so, yeah yeah yeah, we're the little guy gets fucked once. But anyway, that's not our topic for today. Yeah, so okay, big news in the last week. Um, it's not to me because I was just like I call in the days of like back fucking I don't know. The Eagles could probably have fucking they went the longest, I think, of anybody that's been broken up. Before coming back, what they do, like 14 years, 12 years, something like that. Um, but the thing about it is, is now Slayer's back. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with the fucking never ending tour of Kiss 
going on the fucking road, and now they're supposedly fucking announcing acoustic fucking tours of the fucking end of the line deal, uh, where they're gonna do unplugged versions and shit. Uh, yeah. But like, 2019, the end of the road or whatever it was called. Uh, I, I can't remember. I went. I can't. No, I can't even remember the name of the tour. Uh, for Slayer, there the the the. The, the retirement of Tom Mariah and well the the last leg of that tour kicked off in Nashville actually well and and they didn't even sell out it was like 7,000 yeah and Louisville didn't sell out and there were 10 I believe open but it wasn't even a full I don't even think it was half is I think it was 4,800 is what what I what I read right. aside from all of that so they they've apparently been announced for Riot Fest in Chicago and Louder Than Life in Louisville, spouting uh, or touting or whatever we want to call it. Um, you know, their only Midwest performance is at Riot Fest, but Louisville is Midwest, guys. So, what are your opinions, Jason? Dude, I want to see. It. I want to get something totally different in Slayer come back. I don't care, like. The word retirement tour is just a cash grab. Like, if a band, if a band just called like the Long Goodbye tour or something like that, I'd be like, okay, this could be it, or they could come back. It wasn't really advertised with either one. So retirement, retirement tours are just cash grabs. But the thing that got me is, why did Terry King announce his album and everything and all this shit just to be overshadowed by Slayer coming back? It's the weirdest fucking timing. He had to know. But like now, like really nobody's gonna give a fuck about his solo album or his band. It's gonna be all Slayer days. Well, honestly, it's almost like it's almost like he's shot himself in the foot. Why not do Slayer next year? The demand's there because these festivals need headliners, and the longer you hold out, the more money you'll get in. You know. True. Well, for me, what I took from that is I think that it would create more awareness to his solo album. I don't think so. I think it would be. I think it's a detriment. Really? You don't yeah, think really that do. you don't think that they that people saw uh, uh, Slayer's name and were like, "Holy shit, Slayer's back!" And then they they Google it or or do whatever, and then you know, Carrie King's solo stuff pops up with it. Nah, I don't think people care. That's the Slayer name what people are gonna go to, to like be attracted to. Um, that's what they're gonna go for. You know, I mean, look, he's 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 opening on the uh, was it Lamb of God Mastodon tour, and he knows that half that set, more than half the set's gonna be Slayer songs, you know, because he has to keep he wants people to see him so he can sell the merch, whatever right. the the K and the K back back to back whatever it is, the, the logo is. But yeah, like it's weird, like Dude, you just had all this PR. I think going, we have a missed opportunity in interview, and then it's just like who cares? Slayer's back, right? Uh, After you just talk shit about nobody, like uh, Tom Moran, not even like communicating with them. Right. Like, yeah, the phone works both ways, but like, dude, like, had all this publicity push the album. And then, like, a week and a half later, it's like, all of a sudden, like, Slayer's back. Like, dude, this interview, like, how long ago was this? Like, this had to be in the works for a while. Like, well, you don't just, like, book them and then be like, announce it. Like, right. it has to go through channels. Well, yeah, there's there's contracts that have to be drawn up. There's everything. Yeah. I mean, especially for bands like that. 
And yeah. I don't know. But I think we do have a missed opportunity here really fast. And but. why couldn't Carrie King have joined KK's Priest as the other guitar player? It should have been uh, KK's, uh, KK Slayer. Would have been awesome. Yes. I think we talked about it before. Dude. That's like S.A. Slayer, San Antonio Slayer, or Hobbs, yeah. Angel of Death. <clears throat> you know, rest in but, power, fucking uh, Hobbs, uh, fucking that. Have you ever heard of uh, uh, Hobbs? Fucking check it out. Fucking amazing. Okay. Yeah, fucking uh, so fucking good. I'll send you a link to it. But no, honestly, to me, it's a cash grab, but... No, I had somebody sit there and tell me on on something where it was just like how and I sent the message to you and about how they've affected every genre of music. It was like the most like asinine thing I'd ever read. And I was like, eh, maybe not. It's like from fucking hardcore to punk to rap to fucking uh, black metal and it's like, "What?" It's like, "Do you hear yourself right now?" It's like I think there's a hard division line with uh, with metalheads and Slayer. Uh, I think most of them are either oh, fucking Slayer, right? Or you've got the oh, it's fucking Slayer. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, I just don't. I mean, seeing them here five years ago and seeing that lineup. Dude, I'm sorry, but, like, I honestly see people, like, walking the fuck out on that. I mean, the the heavy people, the people who are into Slayer will be there for Slayer, yes. But, like, the other fucking, fucking 30 or 40,000 fucking people or 60,000 people that show up, because let's face it, you know, we're metalheads, we're in the minority crowd, even for, even for shows like this. At like Louder Than Life and Riot Fest and shit. But like, because it's such a commercially driven deal, because you know, you have bands like fucking Motley Crue and Judas Priest and Taproot and Mastodon and Anthrax. You know, you have the white. Tone Taproot in there with uh, with, uh, Judas Priest and. And, uh, Slayer. Well, yeah, that's because <laughs> that's because <laughs> I wouldn't have. That's because coming up here soon, um, their guitar player will be a guest on the Metal Forge. Oh, cool. There's an announcement uh, with his with his other band. Um, so, but other than all of that, you know, it's like even for the 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 heavy duty metalheads out there. You know, we're in the minority even in that crowd. You know, because it's radio rock listeners. It's casual rock metal listeners. Not the fucking diehards like you and I and most of the listeners to this show. Yeah. However, with that, you know, I get how it would be. But, I mean, those people, I feel, are going to walk the fuck out. You know, the ones that aren't camping there, I guess, you know. And even still, even the ones that are camping there, they're walking back to their campsite at that point. Because, let's face it, for a normie crowd, I think Slayer's too fucking heavy for most of them. Eh, hard to say. I mean, like I said. I mean... I don't know. I just think think the timing with Carrie's King soul album. Yeah, I agree. But, I will... We are going to do a little bit of a visual here. 
uh, we're gonna go through, and I'm gonna we're gonna do a yay or a nay. Oh, game. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna do a yay or nay game, and this is the part where the audio for this is gonna get cut. So we're gonna go ahead into uh, a new Mortal Man song here. Uh, they released uh, January first, Dawn of the Time Immortal, and holy fucking shit. Dude, I've been jamming this thing since I fucking got a copy of it. Um, and I know you have. But for me, you know, one of the fucking standout songs on this is actually the last track. So I think that's what we're going to play today. And before we get into it, you know, I do want to say that this episode had a little bit of a fuck up go on where I was a dumbass and forgot to... Uh, turn up my microphone in the first part of the interview so it does sound kind of scratchy because i had to use the zoom audio and zoom if you're using your phone only does the fucking uh the speaker on the phone it doesn't do the the mic that i'm talking into now right i need to fix that or i need to just go through my computer and be fucking done with it however uh, so get through that, and then it and then it writes itself in about the uh, about twenty minutes in to the interview. So fuck yeah, let's listen to some mortal man. This is transmogrification. Yeah.
Knuckleheads, we are back. Wow. I, I'm talking so much into the future right now, I feel, because there's so many awesome bands that have like hit me up all of a sudden. And this is no exception. But actually, my friend Jason Gardner, you know him. He's from the Alehorn, the Heavy Metal Wasteland, and Temptations Wings from Asheville, North Carolina, hit me up and said, dude, have you heard this new Mortal Man EP? I was like, no. He sent me the link, and I listened to it. I was like, holy shit, this is really fucking good. And I hit him up, and here we are today. We have not one, not two, but three of the members here. And you know, for me, this is a little bit odd, because I usually only have one or two. But when I have more than, more than one, you know, I like to do the video. So, dudes, how the fuck are you? And if you could go around and introduce, that would be awesome. Uh, we're good. I'm Brandon. Uh, I play guitar. Awesome. And, uh, I'm Matt. I, uh, I'm the lead singer. Hell yeah. I'm Keith. I play bass. Don't know if you can hear me. Yes, absolutely can hear you. Okay. <laughs> but, you're, but you're coming through loud and clear. Hell yeah. And so we've got vocals, guitar, and bass here with us today. Um you know, Keith, I don't I don't mean to be this guy, but yeah, you're you're the black screen, you're the bass player, you're the, the one that nobody wants to see because I'm the same way. I'm the bass player, nobody wants to see me too. That's so, He's the hot one. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how the fuck are you all, man? We're good, man. Fantastic. I was super excited that we got this album out at the beginning of the year. Um, really pumped to uh, promote it some more and get out there in the road and, and share it with others out there across the East coast. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Hell yeah. And what we're talking about is Dawn of the Time Immortal. I love that title. And you know, the, the, the cover of it kicks ass because I've always loved robed figures on anything just because of the, I'm such a D and D nerd that like, <laughs> like, Oh, I wonder what that is. Oh, is it? It's like the, uh, the Lydia D from Beetlejuice, are you all blood, pl blood, pus, and grotesque under there? <laughs> right. We we love a good cloak. Yeah. Well, for sure. And and why wouldn't you? So before we get full force into the new EP, give everybody a rundown for like the Mortal Man history, because if you go and look on the Metal Archives. There's not really a lot of info there. It just shows a full length that came out in 2012, and it shows the new EP that came out on the 1st of January. Yeah, we, we like to keep everything mysterious. Do anything. So, like, you guys are some kind of... It, it should be, by the years formed and years active, you should be, by the Metal Archive standing, Immortal Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. Like, like Brandon said, we like to keep things mysterious. Which means we're not very good with computers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, so you're from Wilmington, North Carolina. Right. Which obviously is a hotbed of metal because you have so many awesome fucking other other bands from there as well. Children of the Reptile, Friends of the Metal Forge are from Wilmington. Oh, yeah. well, uh, you've also got the tie-in to like the Mega Colossus and stuff like that with them. But I think they're from Raleigh. Oh, and he wearing the hat even. I didn't even know <laughs> cool because I recently just watched your old live video on YouTube. And for one, I love it. It sounds amazing. 
but you were wearing uh, the hat in there, and I kept one. Every time I would get to see it, it looked like another band's logo. I was like, who the fuck is that? Because it looked like the band Bloodletter. And I don't think that's who it was, but like the logo was similar. And fuck yeah, man. But it's nice to see you sporting, sporting uh, the mega the mega colossus they're they're gonna be on here soon too okay. so yeah oh good we're, they're, we're they're awesome playing. sorry good enough oh i was so, just gonna say that that's great they're they're an awesome band really good yeah. friends of ours oh yeah. yeah we actually have some shows coming up with them and children of the reptile i think in uh march um we haven't played with either of those bands since uh that pandemic show we played a, a fundraiser for our local venue here like uh reggie's and um we did a live stream for that, which was a lot of fun. Fuck yeah. And I was uh, speaking with somebody a while back. It was during the part of, it was during about the summer of last year. Uh, I know she wanted to get like a metal night at Eagle, at the Eagle Fair set up. Yeah. I, was it Lauren? I, what's that? Was it Lauren? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it ever got set up. I hope it did. Uh, yeah, they're doing shows there now. I that they just I think they just started doing them there this month. They had a stage for a long time. Right. Um, but, kind of with nobody booking it apparently. Right. Yeah. So hell yeah. So it is only the two releases, the the full length from 2012 and this. Right. Yep. So why the why the the gap, the the 12 year hiatus? I mean, was it really a hiatus? I mean, you I'm assuming you were playing shows here and there and but but no real writing or anything or what's up yeah we're we're mainly uh hobbyists at this sort of so um yeah we just we played a lot of shows we we were still writing music uh in that time and uh that's what made it on the ep um but uh and some of it just came down to us uh being more interested in getting like shirts and merch and stuff like that in the meantime, until we could save up enough money to record again. Yeah. For sure. and I think we had a couple of speed bumps along the way too. You know, people had babies and yes. you know, life stuff happened and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So we, uh, wait a minute. Did I, you... I figured you were going to ask about that. Like why, why 12 years? <laughs> Actually, we've been sitting on this one for a year Dude, uh, before we released it. Did you just seriously do the ultimate metal thing and call a baby a speed bump? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this has actually been ready to go for a year. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, wow. So why the, why, why the wait? I mean, was, did you just feel it wasn't the right time or what's up? Uh, we had a, uh, we had someone contact us from, from the UK asking about putting it out on something uh, like for a, a UK release and uh, putting a song on there. But they asked that we didn't release it on any other platform uh, until after that release came out. And yeah, it was like a so, compilation album. Yeah. And then that got slowed down. They had some issues and it got slowed down and that didn't come out until like end of October. And so then we kind of just decided, well, when would be a good time? Why don't we just do it the first of the year? So I think it was done, what, February? That's yeah. Because when we finished, when we had it mastered and had the completed versions. Yep. Also, I don't know if it was mentioned, but we did have some lineup changes over that yeah. gap. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of noticed that through the metal archives because it, it does list a couple of different uh, 
active bass players. That it's showing uh, Keith that you're active and Victor is still active. So, <laughs> well, Vic, Vic now uh, plays guitar. That sucks for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Vic, Vic is our guitar other guitar player uh, now, but he before he fully joined the band, he would uh, sit in for Keith if Keith couldn't make a show, and uh, yeah, and then he also played guitar. Brandon was out uh, for a little while, like a year or so. And um, he played guitar for that. And we just, we love Vic so much. We just had to keep him in the band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened with, uh, you know, with uh, Yannick, you know, and Yannick's still there to this day and Maiden. So fuck yeah, why not? So let me ask you this, because I have never in my band and my like uh, music career have never actually experienced this. And I want to know how it's like. So, I've always just had member full member replacements. I've never had a fill-in player. I I think I tried to have one one time, and we just said, "Dude, our shit's not that hard. You can fucking wing it." Uh, and it was fucking terrible. It was awful. And uh, so, how is that for you all? How how do you all deal with like a a, a fill-in? Well, luckily we had Vic, and Vic's an amazing musician, so he easily build those positions awesome yeah we've had a we had a couple of fill-ins too like i technically sort of filled in when max broke his clavicle and uh, that's when i wasn't playing in the band that's also sort of how i ended up back in the band um is they needed me to fill in for a week and even for that show i carlos was filling in um carlos that used to play in Meteor and um salvation he was filling in on drums and I think was Vic playing bass on that too. I think it, so. Because <laughs> you were Keith was on tour with Music Hates here, and I think yeah, I think it was just a band of villains at that point. No. <laughs> and then after you, after that, we had. That, oh, go ahead. No, sometimes that's there's a beautiful thing to that, and I believe you can consider bands like uh, Green Jelly and uh guar a band of fill-ins at this point because like yeah green jelly has like the the main the main cat right and everybody else i know he's had over 600 members in the band wow lord <laughs> because they're 66 members how much i was in uh trying to make it to 666 members yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah he, I believe he actually was, and the, the the so I totally get that, and it's cool that you know if you have somebody that can just sit there and say, "Hey, can you play guitar for us on this show?" Because so and so can't make it, or can you play bass? And that's that's pretty cool. I mean, that's a an amazing thing that I wish more independent bands did, especially like as a touring place, because there's some guitar players out there that have played guitar for multiple bands now that are just, you know, they're master fill-in players, it seems like, which is cool. Yeah, that's, that's sort of how Vic ended up was, uh, he's in a bunch of other bands currently even, and was back then, and uh, he filled in while Brandon was, was out for a while, and then uh, Brandon wanted to join back in the band, and we wanted him back in the band, but we didn't want to kick Vic out, so for a good while we we had three guitar players and we just That's rewrote like we rewrote all our songs to have a third guitar part and it sounded pretty great for a while 
<laughs> well, at least you rewrote them to to have a third guitar part. You didn't just like yeah, we didn't double up anything in there to say hey or play this and and that's what it basically ended up being because I, we were talking about Yannick a minute ago and I think that's kind of what they did with him. It's like just right. fucking play something, just look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As he does the the weird half splits on the on the fucking main. Um, so when it comes to writing music now with, you know, with it being so many different people that have been different roles of bass players and guitar players and fill-ins and, and semi-permanents and permanents, how do you all write? Cause obviously it's been a while since between the, the two releases. Well, right now I think we have, uh, I mean, we have like a pretty solid lineup uh, and kind of, probably one of my favorites that we've ever had. Uh, and everybody's pretty, we're, we're pretty lean on how we do everything at this point. And sure. we, we're working on writing right now. We kind of basically go in and we're like, okay, we have a show coming up. We're going to be working on practicing. And then when we don't have shows, we just, every practice we work on writing. Um, so we have like a couple of things coming down the pipeline soon that we'll have, I, I would say probably about three, songs that we're kind of working on right now and then after those are done we'll just start that over again and um so yeah i mean i think uh, you know we we don't really have any kind of lineup changes in the future that we we foresee or fill-ins we just uh we're just working on writing and doing that stuff right now so yeah and we uh, i don't think that really answers the question but yeah no (laughs) yeah but but you've you so you've had this new release with the ep and here you are, you're already ready to go and you're already currently working on new stuff again because of obviously because this was was delayed in release. So it's only given you nothing but time right. to do the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, I would say with the with the songwriting process, um, you know, we're it's it's a really awesome process, in my opinion. I These guys come in with riffs. And we all share them and we, they see, you know, what works together, what they can we transition this riff into that riff. And then these the songs form. And then, you know, I'll, I'll kind of help out here and there just popping in my opinion until the song is mostly done as far as the instruments are concerned. And then I'll go in and try and write some vocal melodies after the fact and then come up with lyrics after that. Okay, that's. I was gonna ask you about that. Are are you only a vocalist, or do you play instruments as well? I mean, I I can play some instruments, but not nearly as well as these other guys. So I am just a vocalist uh, in this band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can play an ocarina. Well, the reason why I was uh, gonna ask that is because if you're going through, do you do you ever offer the like? because of something might work with a, with an idea for you, uh, melody wise, do you, do you offer that as a suggestion as to maybe double it up with a guitar or a bass line or something like that? Yeah. Sometimes if, um, if I'm thinking of a vocal melody and we might need to repeat a part or, you know, uh, extend a section or something like that, I'll, I'll throw that idea out and we'll usually work it out. And if it sure. doesn't work out, I'll I'll change what I'm doing. Yeah, definitely. See, for me, I I'm vocals and bass in my band, so I have to 
I'm constantly trying to marry the two where I should be like how you're talking, like can considering them as two separate pieces because they are, but it's like, I've always been the guy of like, okay, am I going to be able to sing and play this? <laughs> yeah, that's tough. It's, it's tough to sing and, and play. Um, and especially try and write yes. like after, if you've written an, an awesome baseline and then it's, <laughs> you're having to concentrate too much on that to be able to, to do your vocals, so you, you got oh, either you got to change the bass or you got to change the vocals. And you know, there's those certain bass players out there that are fucking amazing that are that are fucking that play these like weird, complex fucking things and just sing over. It's like, what the fuck? Like, Getty Lee does that shit. Yeah. It's like, quit fucking yeah. shit. It's impressive. I know you're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do it on one song on every album. <laughs> I, I always think I always think that way about like uh, Dave Mustaine, where I'm like, how does he play that and sing? And I love Megadeth, and we can all agree that Dave is he's a vocalist. Um, but <laughs> what's yeah. the well, of Dave? Popeye falling down the stairs. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I say. Is if they did not have to have lyrics to be a popular metal band they would not have vocals because they would all be shred and nothing fucking else. Yeah. I fucking, because if you've ever seen that band live, he fucking, fucking just pisses his way through the vocals. (laughs) I've always said that about them. And as you said, well, he's vocalist. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, I love. I, I mean, it's grown on me over the years, but it's really it's like my love of the music more sure. than anything. Yeah, like I love, I love Megadeth. So, but yeah, like uh, the idea that they're trying to play some of that stuff and sing at the same time, like I don't know, man, that seems crazy. Oh yeah, and honestly, his vocal delivery live suffers because of it. That's yeah. But I mean, he <laughs> he's honestly he. <laughs> I think he tries to say the lyrics without moving his mouth. <laughs> he looks like he's trying to be a ventriloquist on stage sometimes. And That's I funny. love it because, like, I unjustly sometimes rag on him. Every time I see the fucking meme or the fucking reel with Lane Staley fucking, what can become a god? Because, I mean, who doesn't like the clown on Dave, right? Right. I mean, I yeah. respect his playing ability still, even with the fucking arm injuries and the fucking throat cancer. Yeah, he's still fucking kicking ass up there. He's opinionated, but, you know, he still kicks ass. Yeah, yeah, he, he's an amazing guitarist, and um, I've always enjoyed their music. But yeah, his uh, his vocal styling does sound like uh, Popeye falling down the stairs. It's like, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> he yes, yes. So, what are you all looking forward to in twenty twenty four? Playing shows. I'm I'm looking very much forward to playing shows and and hopefully getting this uh, EP into some people's hands and, and ears. And, uh, yeah, I'm just stoked for people to hear our music. Yeah. We're, tar- we're trying to book some stuff right now and uh, write new stuff and trying to possibly, we've kind of thrown the idea of going to Europe next year and play some stuff. But, you know, all that, we're kind of gave ourselves through the holidays to kind of relax and then start hashing that stuff out, you know, first of the year, you know, get that this month and so, or so on, you know. 
Definitely. And so do you have anything lined up right now show wise that you're that you're uh, ready to talk about? Yeah, we have a we have a show February 10th in uh, Durham at uh, Moondog Meadery with um, Star Crown and Oblivion Throne. Uh, and that one's going to be a lot of fun. And then we are official release weekend. We're still working out, but it looks like it'll be March 8th and 9th. And the ninth will be here at Reggie's and the eighth will be to be determined, but definitely such a fucking yeah. rad lineup. And, yeah. you know, because, uh, you know, mega Colossus just here recently on the metal forge, um, and children of the reptile was on there last year, uh, for their album, uh, from last year, heavy as the head. Um, and fuck, man, that's that's an awesome lineup. And you had mentioned the Oblivion Throne show as well. Uh, love those guys. Fucking, they they were here back uh, promoting Steel and Stone last year. So, uh, yeah, such an Crown's awesome a, fucking new band from Raleigh. What's that? And then Star Crown, they're a newer band from Raleigh too. Definitely. So, looking forward to hearing some of those bands. All that, that one in particular. Everybody else is is fucking kicking ass. So, North Carolina. For it being a lot of scenes kind of spread out, you know, you've got uh, Raleigh, Wilmington, Asheville, Charlotte, you know, you've got all these scenes that are spread out, but it seems like you all just kind of get around to all of them, it seems like. Yeah, we try to. I mean, and it's not just you guys. It's it's everybody. It's Temptations Wings. It's Oblivion Throne. It's All Hell. It's Children of the Reptile. Megacola. You know, it's all of the bands from there that, you know, that whole Southern, uh, don't, you're just, you're Appalachian to the, or, or some of them are, but like the Asheville scene are, but like you have the, uh, you know, kind of the swamp metal up on the corner of it too. And it's like, so even with like the bands in like Georgia and like the swamp bands, uh, you all kind of fit in really well with. So is that like stuff that you look forward to going and doing while you're out? Oh yeah. We, we love trading shows and, you know, get, find a, an Asheville band and a Raleigh band and we'll do a three day weekend and hit all three cities. See, that's yeah, rad as shit. Some of our favorite things to do. I love that. You know, that that's the stuff that I wish more bands did where, you know, back in the day we used to have a uh a, a really legit like punk rock night circuit around the Louisville uh around the Midwest area. And it was all based on that. Trading shows. Like back in the fucking day. It's like you knew that fucking like Friday was in fucking Evansville and Saturday was in Louisville and Sunday was in Cincinnati and Monday was in in uh uh Lexington or what the fuck ever and you could hit bam bam uh, like a four or five day run and play that circuit and that's cool shit and you bringing that up really just kind of hit that to me about like you know it's it's kind of like old school tactics, you know, bringing back what used to work. Yeah, for sure. And then you always have a, there's always a local band on the bill in whatever sure. town you're playing in. So they, they bring the, the draw, you know? 
Right, and picking the places like what you that you know, like the odd that are going to be the places that you play, the the ones that yeah. you do your best uh, best work in and your best best business. I mean, it's rad as shit because that's what your all's promo picture is from the Metal Archives is a live set of you all at the odd, and oh, yeah. I love that place. We uh, my band played there back in November. And I'm I would I would love to play there fucking every couple of months for the rest of my life because the place is so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a while since we've been back there, but uh, but yeah, we'd love to play there again. Yeah, uh, you need to hit up Jason from uh, Temptations Wings. He'll get you there. I'm sure he will. He's he's a kick ass yeah. dude. Uh, like I said, he's the one that told me to check the check this EP out. So. When you all are doing the set, do you all plan to play the EP in its entirety? We probably will for those March shows for the release. Because, um, yeah, we, you know, our part of our shtick is kind of, it's like storytelling. Sure. Metal, like fantasy storytelling. So we like to, uh, every once in a while, play it in story order and sort of get that whole vibe out on it but uh most of the time we like to switch it up and you know give it the the tarantino uh treatment and right do it out of order that's cool yeah we like to say that we uh we didn't write a concept album where a concept band because all of the uh, all of it is an ongoing story okay yeah which is cool it's all part of like a, a, a alternate universe kind of story Right, which I think is awesome because I've started to kind of do that myself with uh, with my band stuff where I had an idea of of something and it was it was what the uh, twin earth concept is what it was what it's called and it's basically where it's a complete mirror of everything that's here right now except for the element of water is made different. It's not uh, uh, to hydrogen oxygen it's you know it's a different molecule but would you still call it the same thing water well that's and, a wild idea yeah, yeah. And, or and so it's just this weird kind of like concept thing and i kind of interjected a trio in there and it's it's a loose whatever i think it's more on the album covers than anything Right. Of seeing like, holy shit, what are these fuckers doing now? They're sacrificing somebody. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, we, I've, I've, I've found that just trying to do storytelling is a much easier way for me to write lyrics sure. than to write lyrics about how I feel about stuff or whatever. Like, I was just never very good at that. So once I started thinking about like a fantasy story that I can do chapters of or sort of talk about a battle or talk about a an event or whatever um it's just much easier for me to get those lyrics out and then after the fact i i find out that like oh i, I actually did put some of my feelings into those lyrics right after all just didn't know i was doing it at the time for sure see for me i've always been the guy where it's like i i find it hard to like write a cohesive narrative thing and but I also find it hard to write about something I've never personally experienced, you know. So like, I couldn't write about, you know, just like some aspects of of uh, 
you know, domestic violence because I've never experienced those aspects of domestic violence. So how could I write about it? You know, but then it's like, wow. Then everything just kind of takes shape and you're just like, well, put yourself in a situation. What would you do? How would you change it? And yeah. Yeah. You you imagine like, and then that's kind of what I do with my lyrics. I'm thinking of this fantasy story and like, Oh, what, what would that character be? thinking about their what you know what's going through their mind what's their motivation and then that helps me sort of get get the story out through the lyrics now do you actually sit there and and as you're just as certain days go by whatever you just write a little bit of something here and there continuing a story or do you wait for music that's probably what i did in the beginning but now I sort of, I sort of have a whole story arc in my head, and but that that's part of our writing process too. Is I I wait and see what what riffs these guys come up with, and see what that music, what the feeling is in that music, what that what it makes me feel like. Do I feel anxious? Do I feel uh, you know triumphant? Do I you know angry or whatever? And then I think about where that would fit in the story what what character would be feeling that when in the story and then i kind of write around that that's awesome dude fuck yeah man i i like it i i mean i really do it's fucking the the even the live video where fucking the the snare breaks fucking it's <laughs> i love well for one i love that kind of gonzo-esque shot video uh, a friend of ours, uh, that's funny, <laughs> just thought of something else. Uh, a friend of uh, Overload's shot a video of us back in November where he was standing right at my mic stand and it was just going fucking to town. And it, and it was just like, wow, it really makes the video. And the other, uh, like if you ever look on YouTube, like Punk Rick's videos, uh, he's got some really cool shot stuff like what you all had. And it just looks so fucking awesome. And I really hope to to catch you guys live soon. Uh, either coming up here to Louisville, me being down there in, in uh, North Carolina, uh, which I plan to do this year at some point. But... We're going to go ahead and switch over to Derailed. This is five random questions about you all as people. And I don't know where these come from. They come, well, I do. They come from an interview deck. And it's just like, uh, yeah, let's see what we can fucking muster up, right? All right. <laughs> Have you ever had a big fight in public? Like as a band? As, as anything. This is all about you as people. So it could be band, it could be spouse, it could be brothers. I mean, have you ever had a big fight in public? Um, I I don't tend to. I uh, I I, tr- I try to keep that kind of stuff private if I can. <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, I, I can't think of a time I've had an argument, a, a real knockdown, drag out in public. What about you, Brandon? Uh, not with someone I knew. <laughs> Someone being an asshole. You're not not under any kind of like uh, statute of limitation right now or anything, are you? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Not not like, no, not that I can think of, you know. um, Yeah, probably. 
The only person I could think of that I'd probably argue with heavily in public would probably be my mom, you know, but uh, <laughs> she's, she's a very intense person. Um, <laughs> Aren't they all? Think, you know, huh? Aren't they all? Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Keith? Sorry, Mom, I love you. Um, No. Typically, <laughs> dude, he's a bass player. He's probably pretty fucking chill, unless he's at home, and then he's like fucking high strung as shit. I'm sure, like I am. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call you out like that. No, I mean not 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 in my thirties. Um, in my twenties, yeah, absolutely. I, I was a lot a lot more rowdy, um, as I'm sure the rest of the guys can attest. But no, I've, I've dialed it way back. Um, over the last five years, I'm, I'm pretty chill now. For sure. Yeah, we're all pretty chill. Good. I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes it just gets to the point where you're just like, what the fuck? Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think that has a lot to do with why we stuck together for so long. It's just we're all pretty, pretty chill dudes. Going people for the most part. Fuck yeah. Do you think history repeats itself? And if so, what do you think we should be looking for today? Uh, yeah. Empire. Go, Keith. I was gonna say the fall of the Roman Empire would be one. <laughs> <laughs> the Olympus you know, has fallen. Translates into our current society. Right. Uh, a, lot, yeah. a lot of similarities there. Um, Skynet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I think everything has has a return. Everything comes back around at some in some way so yeah history does have a tendency to repeat itself and uh you know it's it's hard to learn from those mistakes as a as a species it seems for sure because i think you know uh just to quote the the beginning of the the film braveheart uh but history is written by those who hanged heroes that's true and you know uh, whether it be whitewashing of history or what the fuck ever you know it's always something and that's why I think we as a species you know here we are uh, we're all in fucking different parts Uh, you're all in North Carolina I'm in fucking uh, Louisville Kentucky right now we're talking over the internet you know but like as it comes out like how many people still do like what we're doing now at a distance to the people next door to you. Right. Right. You know, or, you know, how often do you go to the, the bar and see the same person anymore? You know, you you, I mean, you're in your thirties, your forties or whatever. You're probably home chilling mostly like I am. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, it's kind of a small city. So you do run into, especially if you frequent a lot of the same places, you do run into a lot of the same people. Right. But, especially you know, being in a niche and metal I think, scene. I think too that people, like, to answer that question, I think uh, people have a hard time with foresight and hindsight. So a lot of people have a t- hard time seeing what potentially is going to happen in the future. And also will look back and be like, yeah, but I'm not going to make that same mistake. And it's like, really? People have been doing that, tripping over that same thing uh, for the last uh, thousand years. Yeah. You, you think you're an exception to the rule? For sure. Uh, forgive or forever hold a grudge, uh, and why? I guess that would yeah, but I'd say overall, probably forgive. It's just easier, less stressful. Um, 
I mean, unless somebody like wronged my mother, I'll most likely <laughs> <to> forgive you. <laughs> Dig? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on that. I'd say uh, forgiveness is the usually the better way to go, depending on the situation. Um, right. But that doesn't mean you got to forget it or or like those people anymore. But yeah. you can at least let it go. I agree. I think I think I've definitely had people who've done some some things to me in the past that I was not a big fan of uh, that person for a while, but then let it go, and it's just like, yeah, but I know where I stand with them. You know, I can be friends with them again, or I can be acquaintances with them again. But I also know, you know, that they could be a sleazebag motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> for sure. No, and I, yeah, totally get that. And it, it's a mat. I think it's a matter of time. Based on severity, it's all a matter of time, you know? Yeah, some things that you never get over. And I get that, you know? If you were wronged and what the fuck ever, you know? How it, however it was. I mean, I'm sure I've wronged people too. And sorry for that. We all do. I did. Yeah, yeah, we all do. Um, but yeah, dig, man, dig. Um, what habits or disciplines do you need to usually stop? when you have to re- uh, assume like a goal um my my worst habit to stop is uh probably procrastination waiting until the last minute to to do everything although i i do my best work at the last minute many of us do i'd say <laughs> mm, i think my problem is uh being punctual uh, I'm, I'm very, very much either early or uh, to, to everything. Uh, no, I'm, I'm notoriously late to everything. And yeah, procrastinate. <laughs> He's on Brandon time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I had actually. Eastern or dude, <laughs> as long as you <laughs> did not, as long as you weren't like not answering your phone or replying to texts because you were two hours late to practice because you had to take a shit. <laughs> I mean, that's what 90% of the time it, it is. You know, like, hey, sorry, I got stuck. Not far off. Yeah. yeah. Well, is that Keith? Yeah. I said, no, you're not far off. Brandon has definitely been late for taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, than, more than a dozen times, probably. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You know the 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 bad thing it would be is if it was even at your house. <laughs> yeah. Um what about you Keith? What are your uh uh habits that you need to drop to to achieve your goal? No, that's a good question. I think if I know I need to get something done, a good night's rest is something I tend to put off. Um I can I can go with pretty low sleep, but if I do, it's it, it, I suffer because of it. Um, so for me, I, I need to just make sure I get get um, at least eight hours of rest before I do anything. I know I, it's, that's important, whether it be uh, a big day at work, an interview of some kind, or just a meeting, or a big objective the next day that all revolves around getting a good night's rest. And a lot of times I take that for granted. So I, I understand that now in life, but for me it's like it's the sleep it makes it makes or breaks a good day very much 
And, you know, I've come to realize that now, too, that I've I've hit my 40s. And it's... I used to fucking be able to, you know... I had to usually get a lot more sleep. Now, it's like I'll be going to sleep around, like, midnight or 1 and have to be up by, like, 7. And I don't know. It's like I, I tend to, like hyper focus at that point it's like I, I mean it's still like you know six to seven hours of sleep so it's still sufficient right but hell yeah, yeah. dig that make sure you get the rest and make sure you don't put it off that's really what we're trying to say here <laughs> yeah yeah dudes I have one more question but before we get to it as always links are listed below so please give a like a share and a follow go uh, buy stuff on Bandcamp when you when you see these guys live go buy merch you know uh, pretty much like any band I think we all have a little tip jar on the fucking merch table if you don't you should uh, throw, some, throw some bucks in that as well because fuck with this fucked up shit of everything going on metal is still where it's at you know you know, fucking just fucking be cool with each other and just fucking, yeah, support, support the, the thing, you know, on, uh, and be excellent to one another. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> exactly. Uh, on our way out, do you have any shout outs or anything else you want to promote today? I uh, can't think of anything other than just other North Carolina bands that we love. Mega Colossus, Children of the Reptile, uh, Oblivion Throne, I, uh, I mean, there's too many to name, but say what? I Brandon. said high crime. Oh, yeah, high crime. Yeah, yeah. actually. These guys are awesome. Oh, Hell there you go. go. He's got the shirt. Uh, Keith, anything you can Mark, you're from Louisville, right? Yes, sir. I, I guess I'd shout out Losers812. Um, I, I played there last year. It was a really rad little bar. Experience. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, so. Who were who did you play with? I I toured I fill, I filled in with a band out of Asheville called Cam Girl. It's like a it's like a punk rock band. Oh, right on. I needed a bass player for the summer, and we uh, we ended up in Louisville, beautiful city. Yeah, I, dude. I've been there a while. Fuck yeah! Gotta, they they actually just lose. changed their name. I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're called Wrong Side uh, now. Wrong uh, Side. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, there was some other bar that. Uh, that was called Losers or some shit. I don't know if it was around here, but I, I but apparently they got a cease and desist or some shit and had to change their name, which what the fuck ever. Yeah. That's right. that's what yeah. What's that, Brandon? I was gonna say that's what happened with uh, uh Auditorium too. Because I think they had uh they got a cease and desist from um Ripley's Believe It or Not. Probably their auditorium because it's Ripley, believe it or not, auditorium or something like that. So that's why they're that's the on. Never, never enough for some people. Never fucking enough. Uh, final question of the day. Let's get a little spacey out here and not Kevin either. Uh, do you think humans will ever colonize a planet? I'm sorry, say that again. Do you Don't think that humans will ever colonize a planet? Uh, I I hope it's yeah. probably our only uh, our only chance at long term survival, <laughs> but uh, but uh, at the current rate we're going doesn't seem like it. Yeah, if we don't destroy each other, our, ourselves first. Basically. Yeah, 
Sure. I'd say it's absolutely possible um, and necessary. I think there are a lot of people that are working towards that goal. Um, it just It's all a matter of we can keep our cool with our neighbors here on this planet. Um, we can set aside differences and recognize more important, important goals. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll colonize a lot of planets. Dig. Hell yeah. Dudes, Keith, Matt, Brandon, thank you all so fucking much for coming to the Metal Forge this week. This has been awesome. Thank you for pounding out the fucking metal with me today. On our way out from Dawn of the Time Immortal of Mortal Man. What do you all want to play out? Uh, what do you think, guys? Should we do Insular World? My suggestion would be Sacrifice. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Ooh. Oh, we got it. Got narration in it, but Uh-oh. sacrifice is a is a real good one. What do, what do you think, Mark? Ah, oh. which would you pick? Ah, no. <laughs> See, this is all about you all. <laughs> I picked the first song. Okay, so what was one. that one? Insular World. Yeah, Insular. That's a good one. Oh, it's got the synthesizer in it. Awesome. Here it is. Insular World. Yeah. <laughs> awesome.
Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine. A treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com What's up Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast. If you have ghosts, you have everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. 
to distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana, is the premier 12,500-square-foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to Rock School, Weekend Warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. 
You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 